But believe me, um, this is this is way too good to try to just regurgitate everything to you. The bad thing about the buffet is that you can't eat it all, right? But you can go back next week, and that might be what we have to do right here. Um, I'm telling you, uh, this thing about grace, and we have to run back into it. And when, when you do that, those of you that, that sense that and knew that, you've already had church, we've already had church, I, and I love it because uh, we're all going to need those times. And uh, for whatever reason... Last week, um, I was about to get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and literally right in the middle of it, I felt the Lord just kind of arrest me and say, not yet. There, there's, there's some things that, that you're dealing with, with the Holy Spirit. He'll bring things to mind. And he, he want, I think one of the biggest things about God's Word and, and new revelation and things like that We've got to, I, I spoke last week, I changed the name of, of last week in the, in the series. It's still Holy Spirit, but we just interjected the word obedience. Here's the thing about new revelation with God. He's not going to give you new revelation if you won't obey the last thing He told you. He's just not going to do it. And that's what it comes down to. Will you obey His Word? And I made a, a comment last week. I said, in the church world, it's not that we, our problem is not that we don't know the Word, it's it's that when we choose not to do the word. Because disobedience is having the obedience in front of you and choosing not to do it. All right? It's that simple. It's um, when you correct your children for disobeying, it wasn't like they, they accidentally disobeyed. You're calling them out on it because they knew that they disobeyed. And, and his word is so good to us, it will actually confront you. Because it's like, here's the choice, and the choice is clear. And, and, and I said something last week. I, I grew up in, a, in the, the way that I, I was grown up. It, it, we did, growing up, I, I started realizing that we did pretty good as long as we had something to blame our sin on. As long as we had the devil to blame it on us. The devil made me do that, or... Instead of taking responsibility for my own actions. And I, I made this comment. I've made it many times over the years. As I, as I look back over my life, the truth is most of my mess, I got myself into it. And if you'll be honest with yourself, most of your mess, the devil didn't come at you with sharpened pitchfork in hand. He didn't have to threaten me. I just did it. Because the Bible says that we are drawn away by our own lusts. Our own desires. I hope there's more than three people that agree with me this morning. Maybe it gets quiet because I'm hitting something. But we've got to be able to accept responsibility for what we did so that we can receive forgiveness through what He did. Otherwise, we're trying to work ourselves into position of favor with Him when the position's already there. It's His righteousness, not ours. And that's what we fall into. So, um, ju just a couple of things. We talked about uh, things that, that, that get misunderstood. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is probably at least very close to the top of the list in the church world of topics that are, are misunderstood. And when there's misunderstanding, there's going to be misinterpretation, when there's misinterpretation, there's going to be misuse, right? When there's misuse, there's going to be mistakes. I'm not just trying to hit you with the four M's this morning. But those things do happen. And what has to happen to, to, to fix that, as you approach the Holy Spirit, you cannot just approach the Holy Spirit through the lens of tradition or old experiences. Well, there is a way that we do approach the topic of the Holy Spirit, and that is 
through Scripture. Why? Because Scripture is the only reliable source of the truth. Because we can take the truth. Have we, have, we not dis, have we not figured out that we can take this same word? I've got an almost brand new one right here. We can take that same word with that one God in it, and we can divide it out and put all kinds of names on it. And, and the thing about our church is that we got the Bible, but we got it figured out. We got it right. And God, God's our favorite. Or we're God's favorite. Yeah. Heather Inman, she was so she was so funny. And she loved this church and she's with the Lord now. But she said, she said, Pastor John, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna put I'm gonna buy a billboard and put it up and it says Christ Fellowship Church where Jesus attends. I said, Heather, no, you're not. We can't they'll run me out of town. She said, but, but I feel the Lord's presence. Said, yeah, praise the Lord, but we ain't doing that. But I, I appreciated her, her zeal and excitement for it and, you know, missed her tremendously. But why is it that, that the church gets so, so divided on some things? And I'll tell you why. Because we take the word and then we divide it according to how we think it should have gone. Instead of being obedient to what he said. And I tell you, as, as I look at it, and I read it, and I study it, it is not... There, there are some things I will never understand. But there are some things germane to salvation that are very simple. The problem is, I got this flesh that I live in. And he comes and saves me from my sins but he has to keep reminding me. And I have to keep falling back on him. And I have to keep from filtering things through the way John wants to do it and go back to the way that God says to do it. Amen? So let me... Um, all right, gift number one. The rest of that whole page is... Why do we have to have the Scripture as our reference? The scriptural thing, and in the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit through Scripture, it's always got to point people to Jesus. Always, okay? That's one of the things that, that it's always, and if that's not happening, it's not really a legitimate work of the Holy Spirit. If we bring people to church and we point them to people, or point them to power, and we're not pointing them to him and his power, we're breaking all kinds of spiritual laws for our own gain. And, and, and that can't happen. Here's what has to happen. A legitimate work of the Spirit will, number one, glorify God, and number two, build up the church. It will glorify God or glorify Jesus. Why? Because the Spirit is not in competition with Jesus. The Spirit glorifies Jesus. Okay? All right. So let me read down through a, a couple of scriptures right here. First um, Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles or one translation says, when you were Gentiles, you were carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. In dumb, it means silent or quiet idols. And they knew what he was talking about. But he said, you were carried away to these things, and they didn't even have a mouth. And, and the deception got you somehow. And, and however you were, you were carried away, I don't want you to be ignorant of the spiritual gifts concerning spiritual gifts from God I don't want you to be ignorant we spend a great deal of time talking about that now Mike you don't have to hit this and I'm just going to say if you go if you looked at chapter 12 it lists the spiritual gifts in chapter 14 it explains the spiritual gifts and in chapter 13 right there sandwiched in the middle it talks about love and it is what ties 
the list of the gifts and the functions of the gifts together. It Love ties those together so that they don't just function, but they bring glory to God. And that if we'll let them function and bring glory to God, then we won't get hung up with confusion along the way. It won't sabotage the message. If you look at, though, at the very end of, of this dissertation between chapter 12, 13, and 14, so one of the first things it says regarding spiritual giftings, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, one of the last things it says talks about ignorance. In, in chapter 14, verse 38, it says, but if ignorant, if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. I'll read on. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. And he tells you what the order is. And he gets to the tail end of all this. And he says, I started it off with, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, this is the order of the things. And at the end, if anybody wants to remain in ignorance, then you're just ignorant. Why is it that we are still confused about the Holy Spirit when he said very plainly, I don't want you to be ignorant. I'm going to lay it all out for you. And at the very end, if you didn't get it, and if anybody does it any other way, just let them be ignorant. But don't accept any other way. This is the way. And we took that and we totally destroyed it. And it, 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 it's the thing that we're so confused about. I believe that people could have asked questions right then, and he would have answered the questions. I remember one time in a, in a church setting, the way it used to be is that or what I was a part of, when you came in, you, you had one opportunity to meet everybody in a church service, and you could ask questions, and, and, and the way it was is I, I preach Sunday morning, come back Sunday night, preach again. I would find out if he's a preacher or not. And at the end, you could ask questions. And this is what I found is that in the public setting, I, I, I said, you know, i got questions for you. I want you to have questions for me. And that's, that's a fair thing, right? But in the public setting, all the nice questions is what was asked. It was not till after the meeting that people came to me privately. Then they started asking me all the funky questions. I'm like, why didn't you just ask me the questions in front of everybody? I don't want to ask them questions in front of everybody. We just want to know what you really feel about this. That's human nature is all I'm saying about that. Where there are questions and where there are misunderstandings, like I said, there's mistakes. There's misinterpretations. I want you to know that there's no room for misinterpretation in this. He says it very plainly, and we're going to get to it. And I just want to, this Sunday, let's just go through a few scriptures right here in chapter 12 so you understand what the listing is, okay? Go to verse 4. There are diversities or allotments or various gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Another translation says all things in all. He works out all things. So if he works out all things, it's not just the good list of things that he works out. Somebody should be thankful that he works out the bad things too. Amen? Thank you, you four. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. So whatever allotment He gives to you, here's the thing. It's not just for you. It's for all. He says He gives it to each one for the profit of all. Do you know, just, just as a side note, do you know that the Bible in Psalms talks about prophesying on instruments? We're going to get to prophecy. We won't get to do it today. But I ask God, what, what is prophecy of Israel? How, how do you prophesy on an instrument? But, but, but you understand what prophecy does is it changes the environment. What I tell you last week, you've got to be careful of people, sounds, environments. 
When you play that violin, you're not saying anything, but what you're playing begins to change the environment. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because we could bring somebody's, well, I was going to say boombox. That just really dated me right there. <laughs> well, we could turn a channel and we could change the environment in here. And some people would bop their head and some people would probably be offended, right? The thing, what I'm saying is that it will change the environment, right? We've got that ability. And, and when his spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, as, as we are um, moving in the gifts of his spirit, we are actually supposed to change the environment and, and do it for the profit of all. It is for all. How dare us keep giftings to ourselves? And we're going to talk about that later, and it'll make sense. And I got a good example to show you something real quick here, and we'll end on that. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom. So here comes the list. Nine things right here, nine spiritual gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. That's nine things. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one. Now this is talking about unity and diversity in one body. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Can you say many? I, are you seeing a theme right here? One and many, right? One and many, one and many. For if the fact, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. That, to me, the scripture sometimes, it's just funny. I'll just tell you where my little brain goes to. When I hear this scripture right here, I think about that little toy, Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. And I wonder why some churches get stuck on one spiritual gift. And that's their thrust, man. You come to that church, you're going to hear about that. You're going to experience that. And praise the Lord. But Mr. Potato Head, what about the rest? What about the rest of the gifting? And why that gifting? Why? I mean, can I just ask the question, you know? Because I feel I'm not the only person that feels this way sometimes. But the, 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 the scripture that, it, that I ended up right here, it says, But now God, verse 18, has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members Yet one body and the eye cannot say to the head, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, 
those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism, that word means division, in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And remember, God has set the members. Where? Set members. And God has appointed these in the church First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do they all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And he's going to start breaking down love for them. And you might say, why would that be? In there, well, situationally speaking, these Corinthians people, they they had the spiritual gifts flowing, but they had problems with selfishness. And they began thinking that these spiritual giftings are just for us, so much so that they looked at other people and despised them, and they didn't want them to have them. And Paul is breaking this down and saying, Hey, if you got these spiritual gifts and you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. Because these things are from God. He just plainly said, therefore all, and therefore all things, and therefore things that you like, and things that you don't like. Therefore things that you understand, and things that you don't understand. But they're my gifts, and I give them to you, and I want to break down the ignorance of the thing. And at the end of that, if you're going to continue to be ignorant, you keep being ignorant, but we're going to move on in the love of the Lord. But we got broke down. And now we're having to come back 2,000 years later and figure out what they were saying. And then what have we got to do other than obey it? And I'm not saying that, that at, at, the, at the end of this, I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. At the end of this, we're going to break down years of debate. We're, we're going to settle years of debate right here. No, we're not. At the end of this, I'm no fool. People are going to take lines. People are going to stand in what they stand in. People are going to believe what they believe in. But my mind is going to be freed from some things. And I'm not going to worry about it. And if people are going to be ignorant, they're going to be ignorant still. The Bible said that. You know what that was? That was to those of you that will accept this, don't get hung back by somebody that won't move. I wish y'all would just look at me and say, Pastor John, we ain't rolling with you anyway. We're rolling with Jesus. You just happen to be wearing the coat that he gave you. I like that. Amen? And I appreciate it. So let me explain something to you. Last week, I realized, it wasn't until I was listening back, I realized I walked outside last night, last week on y'all, didn't I? Well, I'm going to go into this closet today on you. I'm going to bring my toys Oh, yeah. And we're talking about the Spirit, and I promise you it's going to help make sense in a second. Several different giftings, but one Spirit. We got light. Pretty bright, huh? We got light. We got a saw. We got another saw. Got a drill. Got a vacuum cleaner. Now, if all these are giftings, well, that one's got a problem. 
That one's got a problem. Ah, don't blow it. Somebody's trying to go for student of the week. That one's got a problem. Oh, we might can still work something out with that one. <laughs> it's not going to be effective. It's, it's not going to do everything I need it to do. Somebody's already figured it out. There's one spirit for each one of the giftings. That right there is like the spirit. Oh, it, it, it wasn't broken. It just was not plugged into the power source. I obviously didn't grow enough hands for today. Why is it that, just put it to you like this. Here's the thing about his giftings. Sometimes he needs to shine some light on you. And if you're not, and if he's not using, if you sit on the gifts when you could have been light for somebody, something spiritual has been broken someplace. Let's, let's, let's just go through them. Sometimes he just needs to cut on you. This one's just fun. I'm telling you. Yeah, easy. I, I put the big blade in. That's a special blade. But how many of you men or women have ever used one of these? What do you call them? Saul's what? Saul's all. Why? What I can't do to my son-in-law is say, you know what, Logan, you've been doing pretty good, but I saw a problem you got with your hand, so that doesn't build him up. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody try to use a spiritual gift on you that was going to cut you and leave you in shambles? You know what the Holy Spirit will do to you? He'll take the tool and use it on you first. Oh, that was a good plot spot for an amen. This one's fun, too. See, all of a sudden, y'all ain't so worried much about time because we're having tool time with John Morgan. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Y'all wouldn't have believed my show and tells, I'm telling you. That's awesome. I love that. Do you know what? So that one will cut, but this one will cut with precision. This one is only when it's called for a straight line. Mm. Sometimes God just needs to tighten some stuff up in you, right? Oh, I'm having a lot of fun with this. And this is a little vacuum cleaner that we use up here. We have to use it every Sunday. Why? Because it needs it every Sunday. The only reason we use it every Sunday, because it needs it every Sunday. And if you come into this place thinking, somebody's going to look at me funny if I go down to an altar and pray. <sighs> then we get a wrong picture of God. It's for the edification of all. It's for the profit of all. It's so that we are all built up in Him. You really should never leave this place torn down by anybody unless you fail to obey what God has put in your spirit. And as we learn, there, there, there are words of wisdom, words of knowledge. But when he, when he gave us all those things, he said that the spirit that is inside of you is able to govern himself. In other words, he can move in it or not move in it. And there's going to be times when it's time to. And there's going to be times when it's not time to. 
and and you know that that I'm a pastor of a pretty I want the things of the Lord. Sometimes I've had people say, You're pretty generous on letting people take the mic. And you notice where I'm not generous and not preaching. I preach almost all the time because I know that I'm going to answer for that. And I don't want to have to come behind somebody that I brought in and spend three months fixing something that they may have given to you out of whatever reason because I've seen those times come. But here's, what, here's, here, here's the thing. It's the profit of all, and God knows when. And those that you that have come to me, a lot of times you've seen where I'll say, what is it? Sometimes I just trust. And other times I'm like, what is it? You And I'm thinking about when to give it. And then sometimes, there's been several times where we said, just hold it. Just hold it. Just wait. Let's see when it fits. And at the end, they came to me and said, one of them came to me and said, you know what? I realized at the end, that wasn't for everybody. It was just for me. And I had people that have come and given words and said, I don't know who that's for. And I said, that one was just for me. And then there's sometimes it's for everybody. And so I, I, I don't understand exactly all of that, but it works out. And what we can't do is get mad at me. My, my position is just to, to judge it. It's for the profit of all, right? And it's bigger than us. And here's the thing. As we learn about prophecies, we only prophesy in part. You know what? There's a part that we don't get. That he doesn't give us full disclosure on. But if we had that, we would turn into people with crystal balls, and you would come to me for everything, and I'd tell you what you need to know, and you could go from there. And I would have a sense of power over you. And I could look at you weird. Right? Because that's how humans are. God gives us some, and the rest we trust with. And the truth is, we trust with all of it, not just part of it. Amen? I want to go through these real quick. So the first one, a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is an inspired insight or answer to a problem or a question. Most of these, I'm going to give you a quick little something that goes with it out of the Bible. A word of wisdom. Someone has a word of wisdom. It can be an inspired insight or answer to a problem or question. Two good examples. One was Solomon. God gave him a word of wisdom. You remember whenever uh, the, the little child that had died and the other mother saw someone else's child and they wanted that child and, and claimed that child and, and they brought the two women before Solomon and and one says, it's my baby. And the other one said, no, it's, it's my baby. And, and Solomon had the wisdom to say, well, let's, <laughs> let's cut the baby in half. And the one's like, yeah, let's do that. And the other one's like, no, no, let's. Why would we do that? And he said, that's whose baby it is. You see, that's, that's, that's wisdom, Right? Another example was, was, was Jesus and the taxes. When they came to Jesus and said, well, what about taxes? What, what, should, what should we do about taxes? Jesus said, well, we're, we're finding insight to a problem or a question. Here's wisdom. Look at your coin. Who's, whose face do you see on it? Caesar's face? Well, then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But give God what belongs to God. See the wisdom in that? Word of wisdom. Next one. Word of knowledge. It inspired, it's inspired information about a matter or a person. An example would be Peter's remarks to Ananias and Sapphira regarding lying to God. Remember when they, Ananias and Sapphira came to the, to the temple and they were going to give an offering out of, out of what? They were going to give a tithe out of what they had made. And they lied about what they made in order to not have to pay so much. And they both died. But they'd come separately, and as one died, the other one came in telling the same lie. And he said, the men who drug your spouse out are standing at the door right now, and they'll drag you out the same way too. 
Note to self, do not lie to God. Two lines underneath that one. Don't lie to God. Faith. Faith is a special ability beyond salvation, beyond the, the, the faith that this is not that faith that, get, that you get saved by. A special ability to trust and rest in the promises or possibilities of God for a given situation which is different from saving faith. This is an example of something that happens in your life, and people might be looking at you like, how do you believe for that? And you're like, I believe, I know, I trust God. We've, I believe we've all had those times in our life. But to believe and continue believing, that's one gift of faith right there. Not just believe at one time, but to continue believing. Because what if God says, yeah, I got the answer, but you're going to wait 30 days for it. But I prayed for it on the first day. And I, because I didn't get it on the second day, I didn't realize that God was going to do something else in this period right here. You see what I'm saying with that? Faith is believing and continuing to believe. God, I believe it hasn't come yet. And I believed for it today, and I believed for it yesterday. And if it doesn't come till whenever, I'm going to keep believing every day. That's a gifting of faith right there, because it includes a special perseverance to hold on to the promises of God. Amen? Gifts of healing. The supernatural ability of God working through a person to cure illnesses or restore health, restore health, Apart from natural means. I think that one's easy to say and get an idea of it, but it's not easy to understand because why does this one get healed and this one does not get healed, right? It causes a, a, a dilemma. But uh, Peter and the crippled beggar, that's one of the examples of Peter able to heal someone who had been crippled from birth. Paul healing the sick on the Isle of Malta, God using Paul to, to raise people up. And when they saw this, this particular person who was, had high standing in, in, the, in, I guess, the colony of people, then everybody lined up and said, me too. And guess what? God healed all of them. And I still don't understand that today. I don't understand why we can't go into hospitals with faith and just wipe the hospitals out and shut them down. You don't need hospitals anymore. We're, we're moving from hospitals to Band-Aids. That's as far as we're going to go. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Learning how to pray God's perfect will so we don't get tripped up on our imperfect will. Amen? That's a tough one. Working of miracles. This is number five. The working of God's power through a person for His glory. We've we got to make sure that we don't get hung up with God's power on somebody and then get attracted to that person like there's something special. God's special. He made all of us, but he's the one that's special. But it's for his glory, not for the glory of people. I kind of want to stop there, but I got, I'll get all in the next week about that. There is a glory that is for you. I know that you've heard preaching that all glory belongs to God, but he talks about a glory that is for the believer, and it is through his spirit because you being glorified in the process of what he There's There's things that he has that are just for you, and I can't wait to talk to you about them. But I want you to open your mind that all glory goes to God, but there's glory that he gives you that goes to him too. So we don't get to keep any of it for ourselves, but God will glorify himself through us sometimes. Yes, he will. And I'll prove, don't, just trust me, I'll prove it through you, to you through Scripture. I won't be telling you no lies. The working of God's power through a person for his glory. Jesus turned the water into wine. That's one example of working of miracles. Peter, a man, raising Dorcas from the dead. That was a man that God used for a miraculous work of miracles. So Jesus did it, and Peter did it. And, and you know, truthfully, from the very beginning, Jesus did all of these things in front of the disciples. He'd called them right out of working class. And Jesus did these things. And then as you, as you look at it, you understand that 
Jesus began to do things with the disciples. And then if you'll just keep hanging on, you'll see that Jesus left this earth and now the disciples did it without him. Or he watched them do it. That's what I should say. Jesus did it. Then they did it together. And now Jesus has watched them do it after he left. And that's the same thing that will happen in your life. You'll see how he did it. He'll help you do it together. And then by his power, he'll watch over you as you do those things that he's called you to do. Prophecy. The inspired foretelling or forthtelling of God's word for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of people. Can't wait to talk about that. If you want to sneak into it, look at chapter 14 that you're on right here. Read down five verses and you'll be going, yes, yes, it means something. I think I'm getting a picture of it. If you want to break into studying that, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that more. The inspired foretelling or foretelling of God's word for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of people. It's less about foretelling the future and more about foretelling, exhorting, and proclaiming the word of God. The Bible talks about Philip's daughters that were prophetesses in Acts 21. Okay, number seven, the discerning of spirits. The ability to discern between what is divine, human, or evil about a person or a matter. An example was Paul and Elamus in Cyprus. And Paul was talking to the dignitaries and Elamus came along and he was trying to confuse everything. And Paul finally turned around and said, stop trying to confuse them. And they were just about convinced. He said, stop trying to confuse them from this straight way that I'm telling them about. And since you have done what you've done, you will be struck with blindness for some time. And the Bible says a dark mist came over that man, and he immediately started stumbling and looking for people to help him. And those dignitaries that saw it all said, we believe. So don't tell me that the enemy can't be used. To glorify God. All Elamus had to do was be quiet, but he couldn't. He's like, Y'all like that? I won't reenact it. It felt as dumb as it probably looked. Tongues, verse 8, and here's where we get all messed up. An inspired language unknown to the person speaking for prayer and praise to God. An example includes Acts 2. When the Holy Spirit came down and they prayed in other languages, and also in chapter 12 of Corinthians that we're going to be looking at in chapter 14, and we're going to talk about speaking in tongues. Now, you know that the Bible talks about, oh, it's hard to not just get on this thing and ride it for a while, but it talks about praying in other tongues and also unknown tongues. There's a difference. And we're going to talk about it. Verse 9, I'm sorry, number 9. Gifting number 9, the interpretation of tongues. The companion gift of tongues for the purpose of edifying the speaker or hearers. So that this thing actually, it's so easy to see as you study these things how God would give us something so powerful yet yet require something as an act of faith on our part and the enemy try to intercept that act and turn it to something else to distort the whole thing. There is power to the believer. There is more of God that is so available to us. And I don't want ignorance to keep us from getting to that place. We should be a powerful people. The world, even though they don't realize it, are hungry, is hungry for these things. They're interested 
they're interested in supernatural. They're interested in something else, extraterrestrial. They're looking to the universe. They're trying to find God anywhere. And we who have His answer quietly I'm not going to sit all the way down on His Word, but we sit on His Word. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm telling you, we sat on His Word. How will they know if we don't tell them? It would not a bit more surprise me than God take somebody that was foul, that has a place of prominence and Him reveal Himself to them and them start talking. I don't know what He'll do. But until that happens, I'm asking Him to reveal my problem to me. What's my problem? What do you know that you feel like you've got to be quiet about it? Why do you feel like you've got to be quiet about it? The whole world has expressed their voice on any subject. Anything. They'll tell you all kind of craziness and expect you to believe and get mad at you if you don't. And we hold the truth and like, mm-hmm. gee whiz, I didn't mean to make anybody mad. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. All you got to do is just, there it is, it's the truth. You believe it if you want to. And ignorance will live on, but I don't think everybody will be ignorant. Amen. 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 I don't know exactly what the Lord's going to do with all this. But I don't believe he's going to have me preach on it for the seventh week in a row when I've been in the pulpit. Haven't left this topic. And he's not going to do something with his spirit. Because I'm not making something up to you. I'm telling you what the word says. And it's not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. And it is a treasure in the field. And it's going to be exposed for us. And I'm pretty excited about it. If that's where you're at, I just want you to to pray this prayer with me. This is a different thing for me, but to read a powerful prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word word brings truth and life to all who would read and follow it. We thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that your Holy Spirit worked to draw us to salvation into a living relationship. We thank you, God, for the indwelling and empowering work of the Holy Spirit available to all believers. And we ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit so that we would be able to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. That fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, It's not so that we can have spiritual gifts to say, hey, I got this gift and I got, I got this gift. Remember this. You got the gift, but if the spirit and you aren't connected, you just got something that really doesn't mean anything. 
And that's what the word says. Without love, without his spirit, without that agape love. That's the love to God, but not just to God. God to men too. And that's what we're after. And that's what he's after in us. And it's, it is so powerful, those fruits, that those very fruits can be the deciding factor in someone's life. And because those fruits don't just happen on their own. But when someone who's wondering or curious or even has no idea about who God is, and you come along with the fruits of the Spirit, it interrupts their lives and it will demand a decision. The Spirit and the gifting of God is simply this. It's a producer. It produces things in your life. When you ask God, God, I want your Spirit to produce inside of me. I want to be connected to you. I want to hear what your word says, and I'm going to be obedient to it. Can you tell him that? God, I want to be obedient to your word so that your spirit can flow in me. So that fruit, spiritual fruit can be produced and it can be consumed by the ones that need it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to happen because it's his will. Just tell him, it'll happen because it's his will, but you got to allow it. And you just prayed it, and I believe in your prayers, and it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Thank you this week to those that um, have been helping the Tammy Darling family and, and been so kind and generous and and drop things off. And as we saw Tammy's daughter last week, she literally said, I got all I can handle right now. Her tables were full. Her refrigerator was full. She had food aplenty. Let me tell you what that does.